Hey everyone, welcome to the Paw Awareness Podcast and thanks for joining me. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. And also check us out at pawawareness.org and on Instagram at pawawareness underscore official. On Instagram, we are doing submissions for Pet of the Week where you can submit your foster pet and we'll pick one winner every month and we'll give $200 to their choice of charity or foster. Thanks for watching and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Paw Awareness Podcast. And in today's episode, I have the founder of the Per and Poor Cat Cafe, Patricia Divine Harms. And I'm going to go ahead and let her introduce herself and her background, as well as what is going on with your cafe. Thank you so much for inviting me to this platform to talk about the importance of cat cafes and the efficacy of cat cafes around the world, but especially in the U.S., my background is completely different from a lot of folks. I don't come from an animal welfare, animal rescue background. My background is actually in meeting planning. I used to do logistics for NBA teams. I worked at the Salt Lake City Olympics. But more important to me was that I was a community advocate, especially relating to raising awareness about human trafficking and strengthening laws in the Northeast regarding human trafficking and trying to prevent it and raise awareness. I also um, worked with um, domestic violence survivors and youth that were formerly in foster care, um, empowering them, helping them do um, transitions to better life skills, better life, um, better opportunities. It's really about choosing how their life was gonna look for them versus things that had been done to them. And I saw a cat cafe about four years ago, Pounce down in Charleston, and it was a eureka moment. Um, I thought this is a way I can make a difference in the community, but also pivot and um, do something completely different from my life and my background. And for someone who's never been into a cat cafe, what is that like? And what does that consist of for someone who has no idea what, when you walk in, what is kind of the story there? Cat cafes are a great way to showcase adoptable cats from rescues and shelters. And it's a way to get them out of a stressful environment. Um, cat um, cats in shelters tend to be more reserved oftentimes. Unfortunately, the kennel environment, you don't see their personality. A dog, when you go to a shelter or work with a rescue, you can put them on a leash and walk them around. So you see their personality. With cats, it's stressful. Shelters do incredible work. This is one of our cats. <laughs> but, but it is stressful, like I've already said. And cat cafes are free roaming cats in sort of a living room environment. You get to know their personalities. You get to know which cats are good with children. If you allow children, you get to see them blossom. We've had extremely shy, anxious cats blossom into wanting belly rubs and, and they end up sleeping in bed with their owners. So it's really about raising awareness about the efficacy of shelters, the great things that shelters are doing, raising awareness about trap, neuter, return programs, but especially getting more cats adopted. Yeah, and I think that's such a good point too, because you're right, like the dogs shine through. It's a different kind of environment in rescues and cats tend to be more reserved. And I think that's a great avenue. Now, what's the, I guess in your particular cat cafe, 
how many cats are you housing at one given time? And like, how long are you holding them for on average before one gets adopted? We have uh, in our cat lounge, and then we also have a separate uh, coffee shop area, separated by walls, separated by doors, separate HVAC. But in the cat lounge, it's about um, 900 square feet. And we like to have about 13 cats because then we can get a range of really shy cats that need to hide out. And we have the more outgoing cats that are going to hit the ground running and really, really shine. And um, we're a smaller cat cafe in a smaller town. There are incredible cat cafes in larger areas that are doing hundreds of adoptions per year. We're doing a lot fewer adoptions, but we're doing a lot of awareness raising about especially spay neuter programs and the importance of fostering cats and dogs. So we tend to have cats that stay right here until they're adopted. Um, sometimes it's a matter of 15 minutes. That was our quickest adoption. And we just had an adoption yesterday of a cat, Calice, who was hanging out for close to 10 months. And she just hadn't chosen anybody. And I got an update today from her new parent. And she actually slept in the bed of her parents' house. And so this is her first home as a three-year-old cat um, who went through a number of shelters before she made it to us. That's so cool. And and that's also what I was going to ask was, was kind of your, you know, your, it's all about, I feel like it's over there. It's like quality over quantity and you're just, it's very customized. You got the shy cats, you got the outgoing cats. How do cats end up like with you? Like, are they getting, you know, is there like a vetting process or do you work with rescues or how do they, do you just find them? Right. Like how does, how do they end up there? The U.S. model for cat cafes goes back about six and a half years. The first U.S. cat cafe uh, is a cat town in Oakland, California, and they really set the standard for what the U.S. model is, which is getting more cats adopted. And in six and a half years, there have been over 30,000 cats adopted through U.S. cat cafes. Um, the majority of cat cafes are structured as an LLC but then there's a certain percentage that are structured as a nonprofit. They do the rescuing, they do the vetting, they do everything regarding cat care. Given my background, that was not the right option for us. So we partner with a local shelter that's just a couple of miles away, but they're also down in kind of an industrial area. So we wanna showcase the great thing they're doing because a lot of folks don't know where they are and um, the shelter helps us choose the cats. We, again, want a combination of shy cats, outgoing cats, um, different age cats. We have cats right now going from six months up to about 15 years. We're providing the 15-year-old with hospice care because she has advanced um, liver and kidney disease. So it's really about partnerships. Um, if you're a standalone rescue operating a cat cafe, they're going to work with um, TNR, Trap Neuter Return Programs. They might also still work with other rescues. The whole point is collaboration and um, everybody's success. There's a saying down here, I live in Georgetown, South Carolina in the low country, and it's low country for a reason. The water, there's flooding, but there's a saying, high tide lifts all boats. That's both a good thing, more cat cafes get more cats adopted, but then also high tides live can be during a hurricane. And so 
the high tide in animal rescue means that there are always more cats and more dogs that need permanent homes. That's such a good, such a good saying. And you may know the answer to this. I'm, I'm just curious. Do you know how many, so cat cafes are fairly new here in the States and I mean, not, you know, doesn't sound like they've been around that long. Do you work with any other cat cafes or is it, and do you know how many are in the United States by any chance? Before I started in Poor um, in Georgetown, I did a lot of research, um, both online and by visiting various cat cafes. There's a great website called theneighborscat.com. They have an interactive map of cat cafes around the world. So I use that sort of as a springboard for figuring out where cat cafes are. And then I started researching. There are over 100 in the U.S. Um, They're opening even during a pandemic. Um, There have been really successful cat cafes with a lot of adoptions opening in the last few months. And um, I also, in part of the research, is I did um, an Excel spreadsheet on the demographics of where the cat cafe is located, about how many cats they're fostering at any given time, um, the demographics of the neighborhood, um, insofar as median income, median age. And then especially I looked at, at adoptions. And so I know that in six and a half years, over 30,000 cats have been adopted. And that also means 30,000 cats in the US have been spayed or neutered that have gone through the cat cafe system. That's so cool. And I love the thoroughness of the research. That's so like, it sounds like you're the person to be speaking to. It's like, if you want to open a cat cafe, right? Like now my question, and this, I wasn't planning on asking this, but I feel like you probably good. The best person to ask on this is what are some common obstacles people will face if it's like, Hey, I want to open up a cat cafe tomorrow, right? Like, are there, common obstacles that someone's going to face. And I imagine that's probably going to vary depending on where you're located, right? First of all, you're way too kind. I'm learning (laughs) so much every day. (laughs) And I tell people, I said, opening a cat cafe is a great way to lose weight because you're constantly (laughs) thinking about what's going on with the cats and what am I doing? Um, I think the best thing to do for me, especially is to see where my skill set Um, needs to be augmented. And that means I visited a lot of cat cafes. Um, I went down to Pounce in Charleston and actually met with them to understand a little bit more about cat cafes. I think if somebody has rescue experience, that's an incredible leg up on opening a cat cafe because then you know more about cat behavior. You know more about um, when they may be sick or when they're just stressed and how to augment any sort of issues. The other thing is to just keep asking questions about what it means. There's a great Facebook group for cat cafe owners and we share ideas and I turn to them a lot because I really admire all the cat cafes that are in larger cities that have been around longer, like Cat Town, um, Denver Cat Company's been around longer. Also the ones that are having so many more adoptions. Um, The one in Louisville, Perfect Day Cafe, they've had, I think, 1,200, 1,400 adoptions in the first year. And so I turn to them with advice on things as well. But especially 
go to your local shelter or rescue group that you may be partnering with and really brainstorm with them. Um, understand their cleaning protocols, understand um, different protocols before a cat's transferred to your care, and really work with them on understanding um, all the ins and outs of animal rescue because there is a lot to learn, but then there's a lot of satisfaction. You know, it's an interesting business too because um, it's one of those where like it's these two very different things, right? And you're kind of merging them into one, you know, even though like I, I get it, they're separate, you know, facilities and whatnot, but like, it's still, it's like, okay, you have your, you know, your cafe, right. And then you have your cats. And did you ever find any challenge with that? Like, you know, having to like constantly like, Oh, like what do we offer for food or whatever? And then at the same time, you're learning all about the cats. Did you have any, any expertise with that at all before getting into this or? We purposely chose to pare down our food offerings, uh, both in light of the pandemic, but even before that. I'm in a small town where there are great restaurants right down the street from us. So we carried sandwiches from a local uh, deli. We also carried cookies from a bakery, chocolates from a chocolate shop. So that collaboration really helped us. A lot of cat cafes have pared down food offerings and, but then there are some that have a full-scale restaurant, like in Milwaukee, um, Sip and Purr has a full-on restaurant, and bravo for them taking <laughs> that on, as well as cat care. Uh, and so, again, it's about knowing, um, there's a, a great thing that I like to say, if everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. And for me, I could not do a really good job with a coffee shop and a cat cafe, and because my learning curve is still developing, I chose to focus more on the cats. Um, but there is the opportunity to do both. A lot of it depends on local um, laws and regulations, as well as the state regulations. Um, because there had already been a couple cat cafes in South Carolina, I knew that I could go to the folks that do the licensing and the inspections and that they would understand what I was doing. When folks are opening the first one in their state, it's a little harder helping folks understand what is a cat cafe and how you're going to pass inspection with flying colors, um, especially when there are animals. That's a great point. And, you know, it's your learning curve is growing and everything is it probably seems like it's moving so fast. What are some things that you're excited about for Purr and Floor? Like, we're like, you know, not only in the coming year, but where do you plan on kind of directing this, right? Is it to just, you know, continually establishing yourself in the community or grow, franchise? I don't know. Like, what, what's your goal there? My situation's a little different because I pulled my husband out of retirement to do this. <laughs> <laughs> the agreement is that we're going to get this really sustainable within three to five years. And we're at about a year and a half. And then turn it over to either the nonprofit, ideally a shelter, or turn it over to another entity that's going to run it. Um, because we want to keep making a difference in the community, but need to acknowledge that uh, you know, 60, 75 hour work weeks aren't really the best for us right now at this stage in our lives. <laughs> and um, 
But it all depends, again, if you are young and can stay up until four in the morning and working on, on strategizing and getting ready, bravo. Um, that's not where I am right now. Um, but what we do want to do is make sure that we're making a difference and that there, there are legs to this. Um, we don't want to go through the effort and then have it not continue after us. Uh, what we After the pandemic, we want to get back to in-person events. Um, we had great wine tastings, kids and crafts. We also had um, some, we want to do painting classes. We had yoga. There was a lot of stuff we were getting ready to roll out last February and March. In fact, our last um, wine event was um, February 13th. So um, we look forward to that. We also look forward to um, increasing our online sales for merchandise. Um, we didn't have that presence at all until a couple of months ago and need to figure out um, how one does a better job marketing online items and um, also see about can we do more things that are branded that make sense. Cat Kate in Chicago has some incredible branded merchandise. Um, they are skewing more to a younger demographic, which is fantastic. We're in a small coastal town. It's got a lot of retirees that stop by and go, why would I come in and hang out with cats? So that's <laughs> kind of a learning curve here. That's really interesting. And the fact that you're, you know, it's you and your husband and you're putting in so many hours that has to be, you know, so exciting. But at the same time, like you said, it's like, um, I think that's a good idea. How can you make that sustainable for when you guys have moved on? But I think the the main thing is, is just wanting to make a difference. And I can totally relate to that. And now where if, you know, people are passing through the area or, you know, just online and let's say they want to support you guys, where can they find you at? Where where can people find you? Our website is purimpor.com. Um, also on Instagram and Facebook, it's Purr and Poor Cat Cafe. And so we do post um, when the cats arrive, when there are adoptions. Um, we will sometimes do um, Facebook ads about different events. We get a lot of folks that just are driving through town, and say, which this is a town dating back to the early 1700s. So a lot of people come here for the history. And they'll be driving through and see our sign and say, oh my goodness, I had to stop and see what a cat cafe is. But then um, Google ads are fantastic because you can do a free ad for your nonprofit or for your company through Google. And a lot of people find us that way. Um, the Department of Tourism helps people find us. Uh, we were just uh, awarded yesterday the Chamber of Commerce Company of the Month for March because they appreciate what we're doing for the community. And so it, a lot of it's just networking and word of mouth. And we encourage folks to visit cat cafes. If there's a guest from Connecticut, I say, oh my goodness, go to Mew Haven in New Haven, Connecticut. So again, it's about collaboration in raising awareness and getting more cats into loving homes. Yeah, I think it's just, like you said, if you're just traveling through and it'd be so cool. And maybe this exists like a map where it's like, all the different cat cafes. So it's just like, yeah, sure. Like I'm passing through here. I'm going to see some history and then I'm going to go check out some cats at a cat cafe. Sounds like a good time, right? So yeah, that's fantastic. And whatever medium you're listening on, um, I will have all those links in the description below for you guys to easily access. 
Patricia, thank you so much for, I'm so glad to have you on. I can tell that you are out there making such a difference. And first cat cafe I had on the Paul awareness podcast. Um, I feel like I learned a lot. I'm sure our guests did too. And uh, thanks. Thank you again. It was such a privilege to join you. As we like to say, meow namaste. And definitely <laughs> check out, <laughs> definitely check out theneighborscat.com because it's a couple that sold everything at one point and they traveled the world for about two years visiting cat cafes and they're fantastic people and have shared a lot of knowledge and you can find a map on their website. And so I encourage everybody who's traveling when you can travel safely again to visit cat cafes, just Google them or look for that map on theneighborscat.com and definitely visit cat cafes, support cat cafes, um, however you can do it. Um, I urge you to participate. Thank you so much for all of that valuable information and uh, definitely appreciate it. Thanks again. And what a great episode. All right.